are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Dream Loud Podcast. Once again, I'm Benjamin Hall. I'll be your host today here with Dan Schifo, my Yo, co-host. what's going on? And a very special guest. Very special guest. Been trying guest. to get you on this show since the beginning, and finally it's happening I'm here. I'm so busy. We've my tracked them down. Yeah, you are. My schedule in Britain is so busy. <laughs> I, I can't do accents. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 19, Frank Aldea. <sighs> you sound so professional. Well, thanks. I've, I've been, been doing this like I'm 19. Intimidated I'm intimidated. I'm intimidated. Get out of here. That's why he drives oh, the show. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Get out of here, man. All right. You're That's the impressive I- one. You're the yes. impressive one. That's why you I hang out with living. you guys because you guys are both impressive, and and Ben drives the show like that. He's got that that professional you know kind of demeanor and everything. I'm not, and I'm not that impressive. Sure I will you say are. Jesus loves me probably more than you guys, <laughs> but that's all. And I mean that pro- has to be true. Right? I can make a theological argument for that. You're so. probably you can. right. I can. I'm I would right. assume so. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just online. <laughs> How do I get the comments? <laughs> Everybody's gonna hate me. <laughs> ben, you can monitor that, right? Is that possible? I can. I'd have to okay. log on to I mean, Facebook. Yeah, I'll just just wait for a minute whenever you go on a tangent about talking and then I'll, uh, I'll I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) I'm really good at that. I don't mean to be, but he's calling me. Oh, Abby Worth. Abby's calling. Well, tell her to get out of here. I'm going to ignore her. Tell her to listen to the episode when it comes out. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can have a conversation on Facebook live. What's up, Abby? Well, dude, I want to talk to you about a lot of cool things. Um, Let's talk about relationship. Maybe we can Mm. get into some theology a little bit. I want to talk about the relevance of spirituality and in Mm. the day and age today. I know Dan's got some questions for you too, but let's first start with how we met each other. Oh oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so church. I'm so culturally irrelevant. I can't believe you're asking me anything. Oh, that's not true at all. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was first introduced to you from the Sturms, Jason Mm. and Jolene. Epic family. Epic family. They were leading worship at at youth group for you. And they had asked me a couple of times to. I don't know how I landed that. (laughs) (laughs) I see Jesus loves me more than everyone. Where did you meet them? In in Harrison City? Yeah. Harrison City. Yeah, yeah. Community United Methodist Church. Talking about, you know. Yeah. Uh, relevance. How did you, how did you meet them through that? Did they know anybody there? Um, I don't know how I met them. I think <laughs> it was through a youth network. Somebody okay. knew of them. I got their phone number. I called Jason. Jason uh-huh. called me back. I didn't even know how to spell his last name. So to this day, oh, no. after years and years of friendship, he's still on my phone as Jason Worship. Because <laughs> when, when I first met him, he was going to be the guy that was going to lead worship. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So Jason and he, Worship. <laughs> yeah. And then he did awesome. And yeah. that began an awesome friendship. It did. So how did you family. guys, you said you guys met through the Sturms. How did you guys meet in general? You know, just how. Well, I think it was. Camp A. Camp Allegheny. Camp Allegheny. Okay. Epic, mm-hmm. epic um, Camp youth Allegheny. weekend experience. Okay. It was really great. And yeah. uh, Jason invited me, it was two or three years in a row because he was leading yeah. and he would just get a band together to host the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I got to meet this. I think, well, actually the first time I met you was and talked to you was we were eating lunch in the cafeteria. That makes sense. And you fake tripped over my leg. <laughs> <laughs> 
I used to do that all the time. Yeah, you fake tripped. And then you like got up and like were pretend like really angry with me. Yeah. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? Get out of my way. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this dude? You know what? I used to do that at the mall too all the time. You know, at the mall escalator when you're coming down and there's a oh, whole yeah, bunch yeah. of people behind yeah. you. I would purposely fall. And, ah, ah, and people would want to oh help me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's too much fun. I was lying. Yeah, so that's how I first met you. Okay. And yeah, like, that I, makes sense. I got your personality through that. You it were, reminds me of episode, what was it, 16 with BC Steel with Ben Lewis, how how our relationship got off to kind of a rocky oh, yeah. start whenever, you know, Hay McGuire and Griffey, and you can go back and listen to that one. Yeah. But, episode you know, kind 16. Of, I think it was 16. It, it's on the, it's on the pod bean. Yeah. But yeah, just kind of those moments where, you know, I don't want to say like starts off rocky, but at the same time, like here you are now, you know, closer and, and cl- close well, friends, whereas it started. It as- did. Well, the cool thing about it was, is like, it could have been awkward, but right, you, right. you're always able to pull off <laughs> pull seemingly off awkward. The like most awful social <laughs> circumstances yeah. and land on my feet. I feel like you can straight part. say something racist to somebody's face and they would laugh along with you. Watch me. And I'll do take- it right now. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh, no. <laughs> but you've just got that personality where people are just like, they understand. Maybe you, you project your... Your feeling about it so well. I think well. It's, they genuinely don't care what I think. So <laughs> I don't think that's true, but it, but it could be. Um, but I think the thing that struck me going along with that, the thing that struck me most about you when I met you was you didn't seem like a lot of other pastors that I had met in my life. Where yeah, I get that a lot. You, you know where like <laughs> my wife and I. Say I was the same I was thing. explaining this to Dan where. Yeah. When you meet a used car salesman, you know it's a used car salesman. And mm. similar with pastors, like there's yeah. just this expectation of like, I just expect him to like What's just be very kind. From the Simpsons, Flanders, Flanders, Reverend Lovejoy, sure, sure, Reverend Lovejoy, right? Yes, Reverend Lovejoy. And like that's what most people expect, but you know, just the fact that you were joking with me and in that way, I was like, oh, this is different, but. But at the same time, it wasn't only a joke. Like you were still able to deliver like a very deep theological sermon along with the humor. So it, I just thought it Thanks, was a really, man. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, no, very yeah. unique it's combination. Feel great about I, myself. I, I agree with feel that. Great about. And but you're highlighting all my insecurities and making them strengths. <laughs> Here we are. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is phenomenal. Well, I feel like I'm in a therapy session. Well, good. You speak more. <laughs> but that, well, that's kind of how Amanda and I feel. You know, my wife and I feel too. You know where. Um, Frank, you're just real people, you know, like real, but then at the same time, like, you know, and you have the humor and, you know, and you're listening Sundays and sometimes, you know, some, some awkward moments, but they're hilarious, you know, but they're really funny. But then at the same time, you just deliver this great, you know, awesome message, um, you know, incredible message that, you know, helps us and and everyone else there. And, and I, I know that's kind of where we're from. And, and we started going to city reach Westmoreland and Greensburg. Um, we started going through Ben, like Ben, rec- we needed a church mm-hmm. to go to at the time. And Ben said, Oh, you should come to my church. City reach Westmoreland. And we said, yeah, the sure. Last church you ever go to. And oh, a, year, a year later. Um, but I guess along those lines, you know, of being a real person, you know, being real people. Um, I guess, where did your, your backstory come from? Cause I'm, I know, and you've kind of touched on it before in, in the past, but just your backstory of, um, you know, just kind of being a real person and, and going from maybe where you were to, to where you're at now and uh, as a pastor that, that kind of makes you a real yeah. person, Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in that sense. Well, I, I think largely it goes, 
it goes back further than what I'm going to tell you, but sure. let me start off with what I'm telling you. The abridged yeah. version. Through, through yeah. the, the skinny is just the years of youth ministry. Okay. Because you can't fake reality as a youth minister. You have to be able to function from a place of authenticity yeah. because kids smell it. And if you yeah. suck, they'll shut the lights off and they'll, like adults will fake niceness. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll nod and they'll they'll <laughs> say nice things and nice sermon well, ben pastor. Well, I just did. No, I'm just and, kidding. <laughs> and then no. go home and, and give the real scoop to their wife, you know? Right. Right, right. Um, sure. But kids, man, don't do that. And yeah. I've spent most of my life, the majority of my life, as a youth minister. Yeah. So even this phase of life of transitioning from a youth pastor to uh, a, a a lead pastor, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, it's been a real challenge for me because it's something that I never thought I would be doing. I was living the pinnacle of the dream, which I think was in youth ministry. And when God sure. called us to start a church and for me to transition into another area— of ministry where I have to be a little more careful, I guess, a little bit of what I say and yeah, how yeah. I say things. Um, you know, so I think the, the, the authenticity comes from that. And, and, um, but even before that, it comes from yeah. the fact that I grew up with a lot of religiosity, if that's even a word. I mean, I grew up, now. well, I grew up yeah, in, you know, I was, I was Catholic, you know, my right. father's <laughs> Italian and my mother is half French and half Palestinian. And so we are a Catholic mm, family sure. and, um, and, and I grew up with a lot of religion and then I fell away from the Lord. And then in my late teens, I had a supernatural experience with Christ that was nothing but raw and real. And so I've always functioned and ministered from that point of, of, of faith from, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm not, right. I'm just sharing the story of the reality of what God can do in the life of an honest heart. What brought oh, So well said. It was good. It was well said. Oh my goodness so gracious. You think it's directly because of the path that your own path in life is mm-hmm. is the reason why you approach it that way of the authenticity. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's when the breath of fresh air in our church, you know, that you kind of be you have to be able to share your story because you attract people like you. Yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah, and, true. And in our, in our church, we have people that have really been disenfranchised from the church, mm-hmm. but yeah. not necessarily dis- disenfranchised from God, and they mm-hmm. have found a community. Sure. Again, you know, and uh, that's really kind of my story was I was in the church. It became highly irrelevant. I became, you know, using, you know, drugs and just living the life of a heathen in California. Yeah. Um, And then I was yanked back into the reality of the gospel. Mm. Um, And and so that's my story. And that resembles in some way the story of many of the folks in our church. Well, I guess kind of along those lines for someone who might be using drugs right now for someone who might be away. Um, what was enough to bring you back? And just kind of kind of along those lines, um, you know, maybe there's somebody out there listening who, um, you know, they're in, they're in that position right now, you know, where they're using drugs and, oh, I don't need this. And I, but they, but there's still that kind of, you know, what was enough to bring you back to the point where you're at now? Yeah. I think it's just the reality of the gospel yeah. in the power of God and mm. the, relentless attitude of invitation. Somebody invited me. Yeah. (laughs) People are just so busy with their own (laughs) lives that they have no time to make that, you know, uh, to share an invite with somebody else. And somebody invited me and I said, yes. And so I'm big on, you should invite somebody. Even if you don't go to a great church, you still serve a great God. Sure. So whatever church you're going to, if that's your home church and God's called you there, no matter what the name of the church is, Invite somebody there because if you have found something of value there, chances are the person you know 
may also do the same and their life will be changed. Sure. But and it's never going to happen without the invite. And and maybe that church is, you know, I know for myself, my wife and Ben, you know, City Reach works for us. Maybe that other church works for that other person and yeah. that other person can have that same impact there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, the thing that pops into my mind when you're talking about inviting people to church, I think that there may be two categories you can put people into what they're expecting out of church. Like you have people that are just kind of putting in time because they think it's maybe a good thing to do. Maybe checking off the list. Checking off the yeah, list. checking so, off. Sure. And this is what I should at be At times in my Sunday. life, I've been in that category. Sure. And so like, I, I think, oh, I would never invite this person to this church because I'm just checking off the <laughs> box, you know, sure. but uh, now in my life and the church that we go to, like, I don't hesitate to invite anybody there because I know it's, it's not just because of you, but because everybody there, like yeah. I know that there's going to be, even if they don't like you, which I can't imagine, but I'm sure you rub pe some people the wrong way. A lot of people. <laughs> they, they already left. Yeah. <laughs> they were, yeah. So even if they don't like you, they're going to meet somebody else there. Sure. That yeah. is gonna, connect with somebody. Right. Be able to yeah. connect. With. I can honestly say I'm not the draw of the church. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that great. is. Uh, yeah. Not to feel that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But what's that like just kind of maybe maybe inviting people or maybe who could be hesitant to invite somebody or, or um, you know, I guess how can somebody say, you know, hey, come to church. And I guess there's that taboo of, you know, I guess how, how would you go about other than like, hey, come to church, you know, like. For somebody it just who feels so ticky tacky to yeah, me. Yeah, for, for somebody who <laughs> might not, someone who might so have flandery. Like someone who might have a wall up, someone who We're having a wine spritzer at the church. <laughs> White wine spritzer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hey man, we got people coming in with hangovers at the church. We just give them a tic tac. We're like, right. we're just glad you're here. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> What's the best way to approach maybe sending putting that invite? You know this person might need it or might benefit from it. What's the best way that you go, go about maybe inviting somebody? You really have to listen to the Holy spirit. There's sure. no, there's no formula, yeah, right. you know? Um, but I, I will say this, the underlying current that should definitely be flowing through your mind every time you get up, it's the fact that we don't talk about hell a whole lot. Yeah. And I think that's probably all right because the church has done a really marvelous, outstanding job in highlighting the wrath and hell and the judgment of God for a mm -hmm. long time. Yeah. yeah. So we tend to really focus on the love of God, the grace of God in heaven. Yeah. All, all realities. Sure, sure. But I think for the Christian, it's good to understand that they're both real places. Yes. And people right. are hanging on the balance. And what you say could make the difference because you are a carrier of the presence of God. And um, that's a responsibility that we can't really shift onto the pastor. Um, right. It's a responsibility that everybody has to own, you know? So when you recognize that eternity is on the balance, it's not that difficult just to invite somebody in right, whatever right. way you find it manageable. I wanna, I wanna dive in. I think this is a good place to segue into that question that yeah. I was asking you at GNC yeah, yeah, a while yeah. ago because you know, the one thing that you're talking about is, you know, the wrath and judgment of God mm -hmm. versus the grace. Yeah. So I think it's good to hold those two in tension. And especially with the way the culture is now and it's flowing. Like, I, I don't know if you heard about Oprah's speech that she gave at the, was that the Emmys? Academy oh, Awards? It was the Academy. Academy yeah. Awards. I didn't hear it. I heard about it. And she talked yeah, about didn't. your truth. Nobody can speak against your truth. Mm -hmm. And... 
you know, that, that basically means to me, what she's saying is your truth can be whatever you want it to be. It's all truth. And if it's all truth, then yes. And so negates the, you can't necessarily yeah. the validity of truth. Sure. <laughs> but okay. I don't know if you call that postmodernism. You'd actually know more than me, but yes, I would. I'm very learned. <laughs> <laughs> but basically if you have that view, then you can't correct me about anything because right. my truth might, might be different than yours. So I guess the question, I'll try to make this brief, but I, <laughs> I want to lay it out like I did to you earlier okay. because there's a lot in there and I want us to unpack that. So um, basically I'll talk about my, I'll talk about myself and the way that I've perceived the church over the years. So I grew up in the church. Uh-huh. I, I went, you know, just, Basically, because I was sure. taken there by my parents. You that's had what that's, my parents do. Sure, yeah. totally. Same that's how my thing. kids go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what my parents. It's yeah. fine when you grow up in that and you like meet friends and stuff. But then you get to you get your teenage older. years, you yeah. get, and then you start questioning things, and then you start thinking, "Well, this isn't any fun. The worship sucks. Like this, <laughs> this music isn't like. And even if the band's good, this is none of the the style of music that I listen to on the radio. Right. This yeah, is all weird. Right. I'm told to shut up if I make any noise or move around. Yeah, As yeah. a kid, I can't talk to any of my friends that are here until after the service. When you start, and then I have to sit through a sermon that is so dull and boring, or maybe the same thing that's regurgitated from you're talking the week about before. our church. Now. I I'm think not, I no. feel like you're talking about our church. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is is that when I started unpacking these things, I start thinking, why? why do I have to go to this? Why can't I just hang out with my other Christian friends mm. or my other close friends on days that aren't Sunday? Because I'm actually going to be able to talk to them then right. and not be sh- shushed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I want to kind of summarize that in saying, you know, what, what do you see the role as spirituality in the church in today's postmodern culture where you have this idea of nobody can speak against your truth? Yeah. And that type of thing. Well, I, I think it goes back to the point that some people would say that the church has just become irrelevant to them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 currently struggling with that. Sure. With that right now because as a church planner, mm-hmm. our church, you're not you're not giving birth to a church that looks like every other church. Otherwise, it would be there would be no need for your church. Right. Yeah. Meaning that within our movements, which I believe it's it's a modern day cultural reformation of church plants um, that are opening up their doors to people that would never walk to an antiquated edifice that's been there for 200 years. Definitely. Um, But the question is, is it relevant and what role does relevancy play in the church? And in Hmm. our movement, people tell us that we need to be culturally relevant. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm now, I, I listen. I, I had tattoos and piercings and be way to, before I even heard any of that. So and that would is, be to attract somebody else who, apparently, I, yeah, exactly. Def, sure, apparently, sure. that's the theory behind what, it. What they say. I struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. I struggle with. It. I don't disagree with that because mm-hmm. what's what's the alternative? The alternative is. Am I being too loud? Alter- no, 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 no. It's al- fine. The yeah, alternative you're fine. is to be culturally irrelevant. Right. Nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody got time for that. Right. <laughs> but. We, it's, it's not a mandate for us to be culturally relevant. And I think the problem is not relevancy. The problem is that we're functioning from a point of non-authenticity. Meaning yeah. 
you're being forced to do what your father was being forced to do by his grandfather, which was forced by his father to be forced to do. And mm-hmm. and so we know that it's right. So people go to church because they feel like it's right, yeah. but it's not necessarily an authentic expression of the way they would display their faith. Yeah. And here's yeah. what I'm wrestling with and, and struggling and praying with. It's that um, authenticity is a secondary consequence to revelation. You're never going to, you you have to walk through the gate of revelation to find out your authenticity, meaning the fullness of who you were created to be and sure. how you were created to express faith. The problem is that most of us are unwilling to walk through the gate of authentic, through the gate of revelation to get to authenticity. Because it might be uncomfortable. No, because or, it requires time. That too, yeah. And we don't want to give God right, that too. time. So what we did as a church, I believe, is that we settled for relevancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the meaning of relevant relevancy means that you have learned to mirror the culture in order to reach the world. Yeah. So wow. but, backwards. But, but the mean but, <laughs> wow. but, but the yeah. meaning of but, but the meaning of authenticity when you walk through the gate of 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 revelation because of time with God right. means that you have learned to mirror God in order to reach both the world and the culture because you're not looking like the culture, you're looking like God. Yeah. This is what we got youth pastors you're dressing up like youth members thinking that if I dress like a youth member and I look like them, I'm going to reach them and that's never going to work unless you're dressing like that as a true depiction of the authenticity of how God created you to be. So the goal is not to become culturally relevant the goal is to look like heaven in order to create a subculture that is greater than the culture that we're currently living in today. And then, and mm, only yeah, then, wow, yeah. does church become attractive to people because now we're loving, not like everybody else loves, but we're loving like God loves. Yeah, sure. Now we're forgiving, not like the world has told us we need to forgive or yeah, yeah. whatever else celebrity has told us that we need to live out. We're right. doing it the way God is doing it, and that's appealing. We're believing and not judging people, but believing the best in people because now we've just became the fulfillment yeah. of what Jesus said when he said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning we just became the reflection of heaven on earth, not to fit in with the culture, but to, to, to create a subculture that's greater, that's able to love and behave in the way that Jesus loved and behaved, which is why even when Jesus walked on this earth, everybody hated the church, but they loved Jesus. And we're still <laughs> having that problem. Yeah. So can you have a church that behaves like Jesus. Yeah, and only yeah. when you answer that question are you going to become truly authentic. I think. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I think you some. That was amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? I lost yeah. me. I, I don't no, even know how to understand what I just said. It was really good. No, was and what I, was, what I was holding on to, um, well, I mean, there's a lot of great things in there, but I think the big takeaway uh, as for why people may not be engaging with heaven culture as much is uh-huh. just because of the, t- the time element. Like it requires more of you to invest that time to see what heaven is like sure. to hear, to get that revelation. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it's just easier to clock in and clock out. Right. Or it's just easier to watch TV and just see, see what music everybody's listening to yeah. and how everybody's dressing. And then just to, you know, 
apply that to the church and say, well, we're going to dress like this and we're going to listen to this church because that way we're going to listen to this music because that's how they're doing it. And yeah. that's what they're doing at home. And there's some validity to that. Yeah. Again, you don't want to be culturally irrelevant, right. but I'm not sure that that's the foot we need to be leading with. We need to be leading with not wanting to look and act like the world to reach the world, yeah. but to, to, to behave in the way heaven behaves in order to reach everyone. Yeah. And then from there, go out and affect the world and, and you'll be a positive light in the world. And that's the goal. But even that sounds overwhelming for people because it sounds like it's too big of a vision, but it really isn't because he didn't call you to go to Africa. Maybe some people he did. Yeah. yeah. Abby, who just called me on the phone, she's called Africa a couple of times. I know that. Um, But for the most part, God's just called you to be a witness where you are. And we all know that. We all know that. But it goes back to the invite. Yeah. There's a lot more writing Mm -hmm. on the severity of of a simple invite. And you're not really inviting somebody to church. Hopefully you're inviting somebody to a depiction of the kingdom that's going to change their life. Yeah. And I guess with that said, with with different rules, with different, you know, all things of that nature is is all of it is easy um, to maybe to attract that person. And like you said, not to be like the world. Is it all easy as, you know, loving God and loving other people? I mean, can it be broken down into, you know, rather than like, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. I mean, can, can all of it pretty much be broken down to as long as you love God, as long as you love other people, then maybe it's a little bit easier to, to digest. It can be broken down to the simplicity of what Jesus said when he said the greatest commandment that you can hang everything on, every law sure. is love God. And then he said, and love others as yourself. Sure. But then the question becomes, well, what is it? look like to love God. Yeah. Because I can say I love my wife, but I can tell you that there's been some weeks where I've been so busy that we haven't had time to connect. Yeah, and those yeah. weeks have been incredibly challenging in our relationship because it's communicated to her that I don't love her because I've not given her the time. Right, right. We can't just say we love someone or something if we don't devote the time that it it goes back to what I'm saying. The you know, you're never going to tr- get yeah. to authenticity unless you go through the gate of revelation and you're never going to get to revelation unless you go, unless you spend time with the one that can reveal mm-hmm. how sure. and why you were created. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is that simple, loving God and loving people. The next question is, well, what does it look like for you to love God? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I- And, I, and that's when the church gets judgmental because yes. that, that, that's when the church starts telling you what well, this is what it looks like for you to love God. And it may be different. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think if you don't spend an hour in yeah. a closet with one light and your Bible open, <laughs> yeah, then you're yeah. not praying. Because people would tell me, I, I feel like I'm close to God when I'm fishing. I'm like, you're a liar. You're fishing. <laughs> yeah. You love fishing. <laughs> yeah. You don't you, love Fishing it. is your God. Yeah, but yeah. I've changed my mind on that because I, who am I to dictate how somebody draws close to the Lord? Yeah. You know, so. How does somebody do that? Not like that, but like, how do you. No, like. Well, <laughs> I, just no. Think it's, like I, how, I know it's a legit question, but, but it's like just how, funny that you followed up with that. Sure, <laughs> but, but like, how, how would somebody, um, you know, like you said, maybe maybe they don't know how to, or like, what's, what's the definition of that? You know, you said yours is maybe in a closet with one light, or, mm-hmm. or you know, what's, can it be as easy as. You know, driving down the road, listening to worship music or being on, you know, being in your, I mean, yeah. What's the definition to, so for someone who might not, um, you know, might not. Know um, where to start. Yeah. 
Yeah, who might not know where to start. Yeah. Uh, again, I think I would feel uncomfortable telling other people how to experience God. Sure. You know, um, I do think that there's a few key examples in the Bible that gives us a little bit of framework. Mm-hmm. Okay. Old and New Testament. I mean, David, King David said, I wake up in the morning and I seek thee. You know, uh, Jesus would often try to sneak off with nobody watching to a place of solitude. You yeah, know? yeah. So whatever that looks like, I think that it, solitude seems to be one of the key elements of drawing near to God. And that's a difficult place because we don't. Mm. We live in a culture where you're never alone. <laughs> Even if you're alone, chances are you're on Facebook. We're not with alone all right your now. Friends, That's you right. We're not even alone now. So it's it's becoming increasingly difficult. But yet, um, is there a price to pay for loving God in such a way that you spend time with Him and go through the gate of revelation in order to gain authenticity? Yes. But it's almost embarrassing to compare the price that you have to pay for what you have to gain, yeah. which is a changed life, not just yeah. for you, but for the people around us. Sure. Yeah, I think I want to follow that up with going back to the cultural points. So we've kind of been focusing on the individual. Mm-hmm. Where does the individual meet the collective, the culture, and kind of come together in that way? Because I think that individually there's different ways that we not only with God, but with each other that we mm-hmm. connect with other people. Right. Sure. How does that come together in a corporate setting? And why is that important? I guess is my question. Yeah. I think I would answer that with one word and it would be by uh, community, by, yeah. cre- by creating yeah. community. I mean, that's, that's we're communal people with that way. Uh, I mean, no offense to Starbucks, but <laughs> From people that tell me they know about coffee, they don't consider Starbucks to be great coffee, but yet they will congregate at Starbucks day after day after day because they've created an environment that serves or lends itself to community. And we Mm. crave that. And I think the churches are the ones that should be leading the way in that Mm -hmm. um, because we have community living within us. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, you know? Um, So how does the culture meet that? I think by creating a place of community. Uh, And so what you do is you go to a church, but because your church doesn't look or express themselves in a way that you would as, as as an authentic person, but you're actually trying to express yourself in the way that your great, great, great grandfather right. was expressing himself 250 years ago <laughs> when they're singing hymns that are 500 years old. And nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, this is why people don't find community in that context. Yeah. Because, because, it, because it, you're, nothing speaks to them. Right. It's it's almost like to feel to feel welcome in some of those environments. I won't say all because some are doing it really well. But in some of those environments, it's like you've got to learn the culture first before you can even begin to understand what's happening or feel welcome. Do you see my struggle with the importance of having to learn the culture? And and in the back of your mind, you understand that you probably, it's a wise thing to be culturally relevant. But I'm always in the Bible, and that is my primary source for everything that I do. And I don't see that in there. But but there is a small bridge between the two, you know? But the goal is to create a culture that's greater than the culture we're living in now. You know, an interesting story about that is, and it's not even not even necessarily a bad or good thing. It just was the way it was. But 
Jake Wellsby's church where I first met him. Remember Jake? Jake, yes. Yes. We had uh, him on. Yeah, City Reach. I met him at City Reach, or I'm um, City Reach, uh, Element Church in Pittsburgh, Element. where they used to have it at Mr. Small's Theater. Oh, yeah. Place, yeah, great place for church. Great story that um, we had in the podcast, too, about whenever yeah. you played worship there. Yeah. You can go back and listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's a good one. The culture was very similar to what we have now at City Reach, okay. what, what I love, but they were so clicky is not the right word. Um, they had so many inside jokes. They oh. were such jokesters and it was hilarious. But I remember the first couple weeks that I went there, I felt so left out and because out of place. everything <laughs> was an inside joke and I just had no clue. So, I sure. mean, that goes, I'm just telling a story of like going along with like the culture is important, the culture and yeah. how it's different at each church yeah. and how people, inter- the individual interacts with that. So, yeah. That make it even more important to be welcoming whenever. I think so. Know, I mean, yeah. I think that like, I try, I try to be this way in general, whether it's at church or not. Sure, but sure. like, I understand that if you have a new friend hanging out with your friend group, that's never hung out with them before. Like you can't just only yeah. talk about, Hey, back in high school, we did the, this. Cause they weren't the there. Same, right. They're not going to get it. Definitely. Same okay. thing on the podcast. Like we so could it, do the same thing there it's too. It's important to include people. You know, that's what, yeah. I think that's why Jesus said, love God and love people. Otherwise, you're going to feel the way I felt when I first heard this joke, and I've been trying to recreate it my whole life, and it's never worked. (laughs) But I literally had two people talking to each other, and I was the third guy there. And one of them says to the other, hey, what did one penguin say to the other penguin (laughs) while they were taking a shower? And the guy said, why? He said, hand me the soap. And then the other penguin said, well, what do you think I am, a typewriter? And they start laughing. And they laughed so hard that I started laughing, but I was fake laughing because right. I didn't get it, but I didn't want them to think that I didn't get the joke. And apparently the purpose of the joke was the fact that it was no joke. They were just trying to see if I was trying to fake it. And I oh. did. I fell right into the putty of it. Yeah. But it, it speaks to feeling like an outsider. It does. When you yeah. don't know, and you're so, crave, you know, you're so crave to fit in somewhere. Yeah. And some churches are really, really challenging to fit in. It's just a closed, closed group. They have their own lingo, their own language, their yeah. own humor, mm-hmm. uh, their own liturgical expectations, their own, their own dress code that yeah. goes unsaid. They say, come as you are, but they don't mean it because there's w- there's one look, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that makes it really challenging. And I think that's where we, people like New City Reach and other churches come up and because they don't have that long history they seem to be a little more welcoming indeed, not just yeah. in word. Yeah. I think everybody wants to be welcoming, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the more that we've talked about this, the more it's, I don't know why it, maybe it wasn't clear to me before, but it's become even more clear, like the role of like. That's because I've been speaking wisdom. <laughs> it is. I mean, have you not heard? Hey, is nobody hearing this? <laughs> Are you not listening to me? I am listening. You're not hearing you can't this. the truth. I got so much more to share. <laughs> yeah, but it's it seems so obvious when you talk about it and yeah. what jo- Jesus commissioned the church to do. Right. But I think it also speaks to like where where the church is now and the state of it, whereas it's not obvious. Right. Which is why I believe God had had to, has had to break the mold. And I believe this is part of a modern day reformation where he is birthing churches, given a fresh expression of the love and the power of God everywhere. It's not just city reach, man. Yeah. There, it's, it, there's a, even, even, 
seasoned denominations are recognizing the need for them to do something different. Yeah. Because folks are not being reached and we understand that we're sitting on the gospel that is of eternal value, but we yeah. don't know how to package it. And yeah. that's when we fall into the trap of, well, let's package it in a way that is culturally relevant. Sure. Again, not a bad thing, just not how we should lead. We yeah. should do everything we can to go back to what worked in the book of Acts, yeah. which was they got together, they prayed, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and as a consequence of their experience, they created an entirely different culture that looked totally culturally irrelevant to the rest of the culture, but it was far greater than the current culture. And so the result was they were being added to on a daily basis. Yeah. The recipes never changed. It's just we don't want to put in the time. So we yeah. lean on our systems or we lean on our ecclesiastical, historical, churchology history yeah. from the past. We lean on what things, you know, what, what other bishops or popes or other people have instituted as law, which have nothing to do with the word of God. And we just have to return to the book. Yeah. yeah. I am not a brilliant person. See average <laughs> all the way just so I could wrestle. And I get this. Yeah, well, yeah. That's why I'm excited about being able to share something like this. Because if I get it, Someone in else my might. limited understanding yeah. with English as a second language, <laughs> then I'm sure there's some people out there that would be able to think, wow, that really does make sense. Yeah. yeah we should pray so we can make it today. In the, in the, in the words of yeah. the great prophet yeah, MC yeah. Hammer. What? Do you think that you're able to see the scriptures in a more unbiased light for any reason? Because it strikes me that you're you're trying to go in every time and say, what does this actually say? Yeah. I think that's very hard to do, especially when you're raised a certain way. Because then, because you've heard about these stories as a child for so many right. years, you kind of are blind to what is actually in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, prime example. You have to, you have to just be in the midst of the presence of God. Tomorrow, I'm going to get up in the morning yeah. and I'm going to go to a church, our church, and I'm going to preach about the prodigal son. I've not preached about the prodigal son forever because it's a story that I've heard over and over sure, sure. and over again. Mm -hmm. And I thought I've squeezed all the meaning I could possibly. I mean, I've gone back into the Greek, into the, I've even, I've even made up some stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> but in the yeah. freshness of the Holy Spirit, you're able to be able to have new life from the living word as it's referred to. Um, and so I'm going to be able to preach something brand new that yeah. I've not heard before because of him. Yeah. Like it all goes back to him. We we think it's about us. We think it's about the way we look or our tattoos or our culturally relevant beards or our the way we dress or how fat we look in our skinny jeans. And it's all about all that. <laughs> Is there value to that? Probably. Yeah. I'm not sure I could listen to somebody good. wearing, you know, uh, New Balance orthopedic shoes and <laughs> some pants. From, okay. <laughs> Cargo but pants with the yeah, pockets yeah. outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, bro, you celebrating the eighties night. Am I? <laughs> no, I just got dressed. This is me. It's <laughs> just me. Um, but it goes back to just being engulfed in the presence of God. It, it always goes back to that. Why will somebody stay at a church that's not very good? Because they're experiencing God there. 
That's the yeah. draw. God is always and will always be the draw. Uh, Nothing else. How do you find presence? Like without, you know, without relying on somebody else, without relying on a preacher, a pastor, a band, worship music, how do you, how can I find presence, um, you know, and find it myself? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the walk of faith. Is it yeah. not? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it, listen, not too long ago, there was a movement that came out and it was called the seeker sensitive movement. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it basically said that people are seeking, then we need to give them a shorter service. We need to give them, uh, we need to not talk about hell and not talk about the wrath of God, not talk about the blood, not talk about the cross. Jesus loves me. This I know. And that's all I know. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, and that's fine. Um, but, if you look at the word seeker in the Bible, it's all through the place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, the term seeker is somebody who's actively seeking the presence of God. Seek ye that, be, that he may be found, Isaiah 55. Matthew 6, 33, we all know it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you, you know? Sure. If my people who are called by my name will repent, right, humble right. themselves, and seek my face, I will heal their land, and I will forgive them their sins. You know, like, there's, like, the process of seeking involves a level of engagement on your part. Yeah. So how do you seek God? I don't know, just start doing something that yeah. looks different. For some people, it might be just start going to church. Yeah. That's a yeah. huge step for some people. For other people is the novelty of maybe reading your Bible when somebody else is not reading it to you. Yeah, for yeah. other people is maybe to start praying. But seeking looks different for different folks as long as you're seeking him. That's, that's absolutely true. And... You know, I think that's in my own personal walk with God, I, I tended to get confused sometimes whenever people would say, oh, you know, do this specific thing. And then that thing right. wouldn't work for me. And, and right. so, you know, just to reiterate what you were saying, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it can be very different for each person because we're all individuals, all created by God right. to be unique. Right. So. And how he talks to you is different than how he talks to me. Right. Sure. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise that there's a formula because there's not. <laughs> there's no formula. And people right. get judgmental about that. And, and honestly, we do it as a church, but we do it from a place of 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 of, of wanting love, genuinely of, wanting to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, because of my ADD and the way that I'm wired, I need to be in a room by myself or in the, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I'll yeah. go in some field where I'm just all alone and I feel like it's just me and the possibility of a Sasquatch or an alien <laughs> about to probe me in some unwanted crevice, you know? But other than those minor fears, uh, it's just me and God. But some people yeah. are like, I experienced God. In, in that, so I would preach that. Yeah. I would say you have to experience God the way I experience God yeah, yeah. because this is how it happens. Yeah. And then I got Bible to back it up. Well, I got Bible to back up the way people experience God in many ways that don't have anything to do with the way that I see him. Right. You know? So yeah, it does look different. Mm -hmm. That's why it resonates when Oprah stands up and says something about your truth is your truth. Because in some level, there is some truth to that. Yeah. That's why they want her to be president now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she may run. I think she came out and said she wasn't interested this week. Oh, she did say that? I think. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back, but I think, regardless. I give know, her that's... credit for that because she knows her lane and she's sticking to it. You get a free car and you get a free car. 
And who doesn't want a free car? I love a free car. I'll take a free car from Oprah right now. Yeah, she watches. If she's watching right now, Oprah, you can send it to. Yes. Yeah. I drive a 1998 Jeep Wrangler that I can actually. It's a Fred Flintstone car. I can see. The ground. Oh, can so, you? Right. Do you have to pedal to start? I don't pedal to start, but <laughs> I, I can push my feet to stop. <laughs> you have like yeah, a, some tough feet there. You have like a brontosaurus that kind of, you know, is, is like the jack whenever you take it into the service yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. like that. It's like that. It's yeah, good right. for me though, because I got hobbit feet. That's what my wife tells me. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm I five foot no, and eight not, and I have 11 size foot. I was so going to ask, ask you about that, but maybe we my hobbit shouldn't feet? Di- yeah, dive into that too much. But yeah, It's disgusting. I'll show them to you. <laughs> for everybody on Facebook Live, right? Yeah, of course. Um, it crashed. It crashed. No, no, it's all good. Um, well, yeah, I guess, and I've heard you say and it before. And, and feel free to jump into any topic. Yeah, if you, you want to go anywhere else as too. well. I'm yeah. bored. I'm leaving. <laughs> well, we lost Frank. So well, oh, he's back. You know, you've talked before. Um, you know, whenever, whenever you were at City Reach, you've talked about your look and tattoos and, you know, whenever you weightlift and things like that. And you said, you said, um, you've said in the past, you know, you don't look like a regular pastor, things like that. Um, how does that maybe attract somebody, uh, you know, who might be, who might be away from God? How does maybe your, your look or personality or, um, you know, how, how you aren't like Reverend Lovejoy or Ned Flanders, you know, like, you know, how, how might that be? How might that get somebody um, who might be a little skeptical to open up maybe? And then they would, they might have that experience. Does that, does that kind of make sense? You know what? It makes perfect sense. I just don't have an answer for it. I feel like I would have had an answer for you maybe four years ago when I was still a youth pastor. Yeah. Because I feel like kids or youth are large, largely driven by sight. So they're going to judge you in the same yeah. way that they judge themselves and sure. in the same way that they judge other people where fashion is a big deal to them. Yeah, and yeah. if you're not wearing the right stuff, they're not even going to want to listen to you. I'm not sure that that translates into my adult um, audience. Uh, and if yeah. it does, I think it's too early in the game for me to be able to gauge or determine. I dress this way because... This is how I dress. And I'm, I'm not trying to purposely make a point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably what made me a pretty good youth pastor, too. You're not trying the, to be culturally relevant trying, with Because they can that, smell right. a fake. They can yeah. smell a fake, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they knew that what I wore. You're being authentic. How I looked was because of. I remember when Jesus gave me the green light to get my my tattoo, my first tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the the Lion of Judah in my back. You oh, know, that's cool, yeah. but that came through prayer, it came through fasting, it came through Bible study, um, and I was also twenty five years old when I got my first tattoo. So mm-hmm. even even something as futile as paint on your skin, yeah. came as a consequence of my relationship with the Lord. Sure, yeah, it all goes back to that. All of it. Mm-hmm. But isn't there something that's that's even, I mean, I know I did, you know, whenever you're, you're preaching, like there's something inviting, you know, about with your, you know, with your, um, there's something like, hey, I, you know, and we even talked about a little bit before we, we went on, like there's something inviting that says, you know, hey, I want to reach out. I want to open up to him. Like uh, there's something that um, says people that people have a tendency to trust you or to, to go to you, um, you know, and there's something, yeah, there's something inviting that, that you know, yeah, I want to, I want to hang out with him. I want to maybe open up and, and tell him, 
you know, like, like you might be the one to, you know, because of, um, you know, to, to help somebody to, to get that, um, you know, to get that, to have that experience. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 maybe. I think there's truth to that. It's also you're the one that's saying it, and you have spiky hair. You do Spartan races, and you have two earrings. It's possible. Yeah. And you're a functioning adult sure. <laughs> in the workforce. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm considering the source. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand, um, it does, and it has opened up doors because of that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just how God's going to use. You know, I mean, the kids at Adolphi are begging us right now to come do. Uh, a Bible study, yeah. kids that have struggled with drug abuse or behavioral issues, and society has said you need to get your stuff together before yeah. we can assimilate you back into society again. And they want to come do a Bible study with me. And I think yeah, because yeah. there's not a suit or a tie that they have to see through, right? It, it, it creates an open door in and of itself. It removes that wall. But you also better be able to back it up with content, yeah, and with character, you know. Um, but yes, it it so so we're thinking that it probably helps. But I'm also gauging your age. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm also gauging the fact that you're in a rock band, you know. Oh, you and, right. and so I think it possibly <laughs> it possibly has the ability to also close doors, um, where also. some people will be absolutely turned off. They don't care about the way that I love my kids or my wife or the way that I live my life according to biblical standards or how much I pray a day yeah. or fast or how much I love the Lord. They don't care about that. They see tattoos and piercings and a shaved head back then uh, yeah. or, or a beard and, and they're shut off. So in the same way that it has the ability to mm. open up doors, it also creates an opportunity or, an ab- or, or the caution where it could also close doors. So what do you do? You, at that point, you have two choices. Yeah. You either become a people pleaser and try to become so flandery, yeah. it's so vanilla <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. You're, that you're this politician pastor yeah. that is never saying anything that's ever going to offend anything or anyone. Yeah. And your truth is so watered down or so simple that it's just not even interesting to listen to. Yeah. Or you have the other choice to say, because I have because I have walked through the gate of revelation by spending time with God, I have reached a point of authenticity where I'm comfortable being me. Yeah. And because I understand that I'm not in violation of any biblical standards, yeah. I can only stand on who God has made me to be and on his word. So the folks that come to our church would echo your sentiment. Yeah. yeah. But we've had folks that have left our church. Yeah. And yeah. they're probably not going to tell me why. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Is it a matter of just being authentic and being me and being comfortable in myself? You know, even maybe not even you as a pastor, but just me as as a person. You know, like just me trying, just being authentic. As a and, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why, I, unless it's immoral, we don't really have a dress code for yeah. what people wear on stage. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked me, "Can I wear a hat while I play worship?" And I thought, what an irrelevant question to ask me. Why would that even be an issue? And then I realized that's an issue in a lot of churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe in most churches, but also those churches didn't reach you. Yeah, you're right. you're with us, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. And I don't see the chapter on the verse where you have to wear a hat and yeah. have to play drums or you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> again, uh, I think it's just go. But you have to be careful because if you play that card too far, yeah, just be you. <clears throat> well, if you means that now you're standing in violation of what the word. And what his will is, which is pretty evident. Mm-hmm. Well, now you need people to come around and to love you back into those boundaries. Is that where the community aspect comes in? I think so. Yeah. You know, we've tried to speak some life into some folks because we don't want to stay at a level of shallow, which yeah. is 
most church yeah. relationships are shallow because they're safe. If, if you're not offended and if you're safe, you'll come, which means you'll have an attendance. Which, and if you're there, there's people there. I feel good about myself and you're giving money and everybody, is, everybody wins. Yeah, yeah. But we don't function that way. We want to be a little deeper, meaning that we have pressed into the character of some folks. Um, and some of them have been welcoming that and thanked us for it. Yeah. And other people have rejected it and just said, you know what? I'm going to go to a place where people just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about that is like, the moment God, the worst thing God could possibly do for anyone is to leave you to yourself. He yeah, did that with true. Pharaoh. Pharaoh was in the midst of a revival where God was doing supernatural after supernatural after supernatural. And then God just said, okay, I'm going to leave you to make your own choices. And as a consequence of those choices, he died in his mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. It's Man, serious kind. Yeah, just made things heavy. <laughs> Back to the penguin jokes. <laughs> what do you think I am a typewriter? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's. Um, I think some people they can feel like that. God and other Christians look at them that way, though. Like I've screwed up so much, I'm being left to suffer. I deserve. Maybe to, I'm not worthy of it. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that's not true. At least from my experience. <laughs> well, it feels right. It, yeah, it, it, it feels does. right to, to kind self, of wallow to self, in it. To self punish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but are you going to self punish or are you going to receive the love of God and are you going to walk into the wedding feast and enjoy the festivities with everybody else? Now I'm dealing into my sermon now, you know, because it's uh, the, yeah. the, the prodigal son story. Everybody focuses on the prodigal son because he lo- was lost and yeah. then he was found and then there was a big party. Right. But nobody talks about the older son and what God loved him just as much. You know, yeah. God said, listen, you can walk. The father said, you can walk in and enjoy the festivities <laughs> and he leaves it up to him. Yeah. And what's crazy, I don't know if you know this, but the story is not, fin- it never finishes. Right. It we doesn't. don't know if he walked in. We don't know if the family was was restored. We didn't know if the brother and the older brother and the younger brother is reconciled. Yeah. We don't know. It's just kind of assumed the that story, it is. Yeah. We don't assume anything. Jesus just leaves the story unfinished yeah. because the choice is always ours. Mm-hmm. But God, as the father, is going to love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what you've done, whether you've been the righteous, self-righteous son that's been working the farm for years, or whether the dude that's been sleeping with whores and that's a Jewish dude got a job working at a uh, at a at a pig farm eating yeah. pig slop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like the both and the they, they were both eligible to go into the feast if they were willingness, if they were willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. English as a second language. Just no, no. In there. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm thinking about a couple different things. Like one as like, it's so interesting to me, like how you could see in the culture, you know, people that are atheists or don't believe in God at all. And they, it's like, they don't have the hangups of making mistakes that some Christians do Mm. where they will hold the things that they've done over their own heads to keep them from, I know I've done it at times where Mm -hmm. You like hold your own self back yeah. and God's not even holding you back from doing things right? because you feel like you don't deserve you're, it. You're hung up on a mistake that you might've made. And, right. Oh and man, I think I, that yeah. very much relates to the prodigal son story. You don't have grace on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, just, it's, it's so interesting how, how that can happen. Um, any, <laughs> any 
advice on how to break that from somebody that may be kind of, kind of mired in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, the reason I think we do that and the, the reason why I think we can learn sometimes when we would never say this in the church, Yeah. but the reason we could learn from somebody who's an atheist as having less issues from somebody who claims to be in Christ and his life is all effed up. Yeah. It's largely because whatever your core belief is, this is why heaven is so good. If we're the reflection of heaven on earth, it means that we view each other through the lenses of heaven. And in heaven, everyone recognizes that everyone has been created in the image and in the likeness of God. Sure. Mm -hmm. This is why you can learn from somebody who is an atheist or who believes different than you, because you can recognize that they have worth simply by the mere fact that they would have never been created unless God breathed a part of himself into them, mm -hmm. meaning that there's a part of the eternity living inside of them. Yeah. Meaning that whatever messed up worldview they have, they still have truth living inside of them. Right. Yeah. right. And I think sometimes that truth leaks out. And then we stand back and we say, what? Yeah, How can yeah. you have this? You don't have Christ. Well, yeah, okay. Maybe you don't believe in Christ, but you have the God likeness residing in your soul sure. because yeah. that is the essence of life. How do you see the, the positive in that? It's easy to see positive in people. You agree with people, but what about, you know, different people to, to see that how everybody's loved, to see, um, you know, that everybody has that, even if, you know, maybe your boss or that annoying guy at work who does <laughs> it, you, you know what I'm saying? Like how, yeah. you know, people you might, but, you know, butt heads with, how do you still see that, that they're loved too? Well, might be, yeah. you're asking you're asking me to answer something I don't have the answer to, be, be, and I'll tell you why I don't. Because most of my issues have been with people within the church. I get along with people outside of the church yeah, yeah. better than I get along with people in the church. So my differences with people in the church are a little easier to settle because we have the barometer of Christ likeness. Sure, sure. People that are outside of the church, you would think that that would be a more challenging thing to have to settle because you're dealing with two different core beliefs. Yeah, worldviews. But I don't have that problem because I get along with them. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I get along with the sinners and the tax collectors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't have an answer to that. I just, I see the God likeness in, and I'll tell you who's better at that than I am, my wife. Yeah, because I'm judgmental at the core, which is crazy. Because <laughs> you can't look like me and be judgmental. But we, yeah, we yeah. all have that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, like I was judging a guy at the airport because he looked like me, right? And and they let him go without frisking him. And then they they searched a white guy, a white, an old white lady, and I felt unsafe. I'm like, search that dude and search me. I got a backpack on me. I got my beard. All right, don't you know? search her. So, yeah, yeah. I get I get taken through security all the time because I carry my pedal board with me in in yeah. a backpack. Yeah, uh, dude, that thing looks like a bomb. Yeah. And it's <laughs> oh, oh, it's got a little clock. It does. It's for timing. I'm a drummer. No, no, just, yeah, just, just like every time. Man. Don't worry. So I thank them every time. I'm like, thank you for doing your job. Thank the, you. I appreciate yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. This, this is just go. a test. <laughs> You're good to go. Wait, I'm carrying a bomb. Do you it's not awful. see what's on my back? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. You should um, be judging funny. me right now. Yeah, but my wife has the incredible ability to be able to look at people and believe the best in them. I've yeah, been that's that's a real gift. I mean, that's not easy to do. Is no. there any way that if people do struggle with it, uh, you know, if they is there any way to 
even get on the path of looking for the best in people? I think it's just recognizing the fact that no matter how horrid that person is, light always shines in darkness. And the darker it is, the more light shines. So if you have a problem with that person, it's not a darkness problem on that person. Yeah. It's a light problem with you. Yeah. Mm. So I would consider going back and spending time with God to walk through the gate of revelation so that you can get to authenticity so that you can begin to view people through the lenses of the one who made you. Rather than being uh, judged. Can we write that down? Because yeah. I feel like I that should be really preaching good. all this stuff. Um, <laughs> well, it'll be on Facebook Live for you to it, watch. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, you can watch it. Yeah, you can watch it. I can watch it. It's live. But you can go back and so watch it. It's done. Yeah, right I can do Facebook. it when it's done? You can yeah. go. Yeah, tonight you can watch it. I don't want to get tired for that. I'm going to watch the TV. You can watch. Me too. Fall asleep on the floor. We'll watch Step Brothers again. Watch Step Brothers I finished a first movie in like a year and a half. Step Brothers. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's very impressive because Frank always falls asleep. We fall asleep. We fall asleep during, yeah, and I'm and yeah. I'm totally like I, you know, it, being authenticity. I I'm very, you know, in realizing that I fall asleep during movies, but I, you know, my schedule's so crazy that whenever yeah. I sit down, I just end up falling asleep. It's not that I don't like movies; it's just that me too. I've, yeah, same but thing. We, I watched, st- so it must have been just maybe I, the content. I, we needed a hot. Brothers. We needed to elevate the level of content. That's right. And it was for me, it was Step Brothers. We have to st- we have to start watching better movies. <laughs> yeah, better movies. <laughs> Comedies. Comedies. That's, yeah. gonna, that's what it's gonna do. It was a comedy. Have I to thought be. it was a drama. I was crying that's at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. Um if somebody is far from God, if they're um you know, if they're using drugs away from the church or where, wherever, um, you know, how do you reach them? How do you get them to maybe trust? Um, you know, obviously, how do you get? The, how do you reach somebody? How do you get them to, to trust and maybe get them to experience that supernatural experience? Um, you know, it's there was a song that quoted a Bible verse that said, "It's it's this kindness that leads us to repentance." And I think when we look at somebody that's struggling with any substance abuse or a behavioral yeah, issue, yeah. immediately we want to tackle that. And that's not the issue. The yeah. issue is they're lost. Um, and they need to be found through the love and the kindness of God. When they find God, then God begins to fix them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sure. think we, we, we don't stay, in, you talked about Oprah being able to stay on, on her lane. We don't yeah. stay on our lane. At, at our church, and I preach this, and we, we have a very clear vision of our role, you know? And we know that God is the judge. Yeah, yeah. So if God is the judge, I mean, I know sometimes we think he needs help judging people. <laughs> so, you know, we tend to <laughs> want to do his job. Yeah, yeah. But he's the judge. And so who's Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Savior. He made yeah. a way. So then what's the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Sure. Okay. So what do we do then? Well, we got the easiest job. He's, he said, <laughs> love one another. We need to just love the hell out of people. Yeah. Love yeah. the addictions out of people. Love the uh, fornication out of people. Sure, you sure. know, love the gluttony out of people. Uh, now I'm talking about myself. Love, love the, just love. Let's find as long as you go to the gym an hour a day. That's right. Just to justify my poor eating choices. Yes. Um, it, no, it, it goes back to that. It goes, it goes back to, it is, it was love. Of, you know, it, it wasn't the judgment of God that brought me to, to the Lord. I think it needs to be pre- preached, mentioned and said and not forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's our leading strongest 
foot that we need to lead with. So rather than solve that problem of, hey, you, we you love have folks, a, man. We right. just love folks, you know? Yeah. Like, just, oh, you're addicted to drugs or you're gluttonous or, you know, rather than trying to solve that issue, just love them. I know it sounds simple and I yeah. think I'm oversimplifying it because I think each situation is complex. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say to keep it simple, yes, but also we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Sure. We can't do totally. it without his presence. In fact, I, f- I feel a little intimidated by the fact that I'm a pastor. I love the Lord. And, um, you know, I, we have a guy that leads worship in our church who it's like he, every time he talks to them or shakes their hand, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's like he he walks outside for a smoke break, comes back <laughs> in, and he's like, yeah, they just got filled with the Holy Spirit. You know? And it's like I don't carry that level of presence with me. And I think am I too carnal? Am I, but I recognize that without the Holy Spirit— None of this is going to get done. He's yeah. the helper. He, he's, totally. he's He's the, the empowerment. Um, you know, he's the fulfillment of the love of God and the fulfillment of God's prophetic intention on the earth. Yeah. As, you know, in the book of Acts and the church was birthed. I mean. Right. So each situation has to have the leading of God. Well said. I'm no pro. We're just trying to love people and we hear his voice. And he said, start a church. So we did. And I'm glad we haven't talked too much about the church plant in that process, because yeah. I think if we do ever talk about that, uh, Amber should probably be here because she's. That's great. We'll, we'll leave that for huge, part two. Yeah, she yeah. was a huge part of that process, and that was something that God walked us both through. You know, sure. Um, in our marriage, in the ministry, in our personal life. Um, so, um, so yeah. So. And that's that's interesting. And I'll just throw out a little teaser to that. We won't get into yeah, it, yeah. but that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that wasn't something you ever wanted to do, plant a church. Just to get in people's heads who don't know Frank, like it wasn't like he had this great ambition to plant his own church finally one day. <laughs> it was uh, uh, taking you out of like kind of what you thought your lane was. You yeah. thought you were going to be a youth pastor, I right? I am not fulfilling the long birth dream from long ago that I would have a culturally relevant relevant church that's reaching folks for Christ. No. I was a youth pastor when I got out of college and that's all I ever did and that's all I ever wanted to do. And I went through a couple years of a transitional grueling period with some supernatural confirmations uh, where if my wife and I did not start the church, we knew that we would be standing in violation yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so we said yes, um, not out of a desire to want to start a church, but out of a desire to listening to his voice while recognizing that there's a need that some people are never. Well, I should never, I, sh- I should take in the the. the the words of the great prophet Justin Beaver, and never say never. Um, but uh, uh, some people most one. likely would never walk through the doors of a church that looks like conventional church. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where we came in to fill a small niche of a community of folks that have been disenfranchised. How do you say yes? You know, maybe you're getting that, and maybe this person here is is going to miss that, you know, like you're getting all kinds of signs and you said, you know, you were getting all kinds of signs. You realized you were going to be in violation. So you said, yes, maybe this person's getting all kinds of signs. They don't realize that. And, and that moment passes them by and they're still a youth pastor when they're supposed to be starting their own church. Yeah. They missed it. It's too late. No, yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. sorry about that. You should have seen the look on everybody's faces just at that moment. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say give up and keep riding the treadmill of ministry that leads nowhere. Yeah. 
pastor. He's an awful. He's an awful pastor. The guy preaches. He's no motivational speaker. I tell you that. I, I think. Listen, all through the Bible, I guess you, a way to say yes, a way to listen and and to hear that and to say yes. Never too late. Yeah, yeah. The Bible is not full of with stories that have a redemptive quality to them. Yeah, yeah. So I would say if you didn't hear them five years ago and you're hearing them today, then today's the day. Yeah, I would. Fair enough. I would add on to that too. And please give me give me your and not ride that treadmill of yeah and then, yeah. <laughs> I, I have felt like. Maybe even maybe even aside from the spiritual aspect of God telling me to do things, because I felt th- I felt those moments too. But Start also, a podcast. Like, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> I mean, in that in that context, and it could be a bunch of different things. I Anything, felt, yeah, I yeah. felt the either lack, the lack of, or, or a, there's a need that nobody's fulfilling, or yeah. uh, so as in an opportunity, or just kind of a desire to do something, like a strong desire, mm-hmm. like that you know that like. Uh, this the, is uni- the, right the universe is plotting or this is my path. Like I know that I know this should be in my path. And I would just recommend to everybody, like when you first feel that start making steps towards it, because yeah. the, the longer you wait, the more likely it won't happen. And the sure. more that that feeling will dissipate and that just go away. To, that brought you to Lacey. Well, you, well, yeah, if, it did. But if I recall the story correctly, cause I, I I'm sorry, I wrote it, but you said that you felt that you were gonna you were gonna give up on and you've mentioned this in prior episodes you were yeah. gonna give up on playing and and you thought like man I'm, I think this is I've run into then, that in several yeah and, several times in my life where you, you just there's this crossroads that happens and you know that like and you said you were done like I'm done I'm done with this I'm not playing anymore and you were gonna sorry Frank you said you were gonna be a youth a, a worship leader and then everything with Lacey and. Josh and Tom just kind of happened. Well, it got to the point where, I mean, is that decision? Well, the the point of decision was I knew that if I didn't make a decision, like I was at a crossroads and by not doing anything, I was choosing one of the paths. It's not, you're not just kind of like on this, this default path that happens. Like you're even by not making choices, you're making Making choices. Right, right. Right. So listen to that. Yeah. I, I so I just want to add on to like encourage people to do that because Doors do close. Yeah. It's never too late to keep following your destiny, but certain aspects of that, I I do believe, shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's not every opportunity is open forever. Yeah. So, but you know what the Bible says, right? To work out your your salvation in fear and trembling, meaning you you're working it out. Yeah, yeah. So you miss an opportunity, all right? Yeah. But then another opportunity presents itself, and you say yes, and right. the Lord brings some redemption back into your life that that gives meaning and it gives hope and it and it puts you in an eligible position that when you die, He's still going to look at you and say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." You know. Yeah. No. So, so yes, but, but it's part of that working out. I mean, we just we don't always. Right. Get it right, you know. Not well done and good and faithful service, but you missed that opportunity. Yeah, except so for that one time, and yeah. Except time. for yeah. that one, like well done, but yeah, you missed that one. I think that's a hard thing for me to reconcile with my, and we've touched on this before, but with upbringing is that yeah. even though you miss opportunities, God's not holding them against you. Right. It's just it's part of your journey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, hey, again, hey, back it. You should come to Cedar Reach tomorrow. Listen to yes, my sermon should. on the yeah. prodigal son. <laughs> ten thirty. Yeah. Because both is it ten thirty? I'm sorry. Both, ten thirty. Yeah. Okay. Both sons were allowed to go into the feast, but yeah. it was their choice. 
one was really effed up in life. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. forgive you. Will you receive that forgiveness and forgiveness and will you go into the feast? And he did, you know? Yeah. And then the other son is the one that stayed outside, makes his dad go outside, which is a cultural yeah, yeah. violation towards the host, you know, <laughs> makes a public statement by standing outside, yeah. you know, even though his dad just threw the biggest feast he's probably ever thrown. Um, and and then I can just imagine the original hearers were like, oh yeah, how's he going to let him have it? Sure, and the right. Son, and, the dad, and the dad's like, oh no, man, I love you too. Yeah. Everything I have belongs to you. Wait a minute. Are you going to come in? <laughs> And then the story yeah. ends. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah, what like, happened? When I get to heaven, I'm gonna. Hey, did he go in? Is he here? <laughs> Is the pro- did you let the prodigal son in? You know what Jesus is gonna say? I He's like, quest. I don't know. I'm just making that up on the top of my head. I was like, when, bro? <laughs> I'm just trying to inspire you. I, did you? Did you? I got a question. Did you? Did you let the prodigal son in? <laughs> did you? Well, dude, this has been really great. That's I think, awesome. I think yeah, we should you. wrap up with that. We but, should because I'm hungry. <laughs> dude, I am start. We should go get something to eat. I have, do stuff to do. I, work. I have church tomorrow, bro. It's true, you do. Well, I don't know. Every time anybody asks me yeah. to go eat somewhere, I always make an exception. Uh-oh. Let me we'll check with my out. wife. My wife just texted me. She said, right, I'm watching good. you. Hey, what's this. up, Amber? I'm not going to eat. <laughs> hey, I'm, Amber. Look, I'm hey, Amber. hungry. Thanks for watching. Something. Yeah, thank somebody. you, Amber. How are you? So... <laughs> Is there anything you want to shout out? I mean, we, anything we talked about plug anything. Yeah. Yes, we plugged City Reach. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to plug? Anything you want to add? The floor is yours. I mean, it's been yours for the last, you know, but no. I'll really throw two things now. out that I want to hear from you. Okay. Oh. Why don't you do that? Because it's far N- more interesting than anything I could conjure <laughs> up. I'll tell you that. Uh, any cool books you're reading or new music that you've discovered? Oh, yeah, that you want I'm to reading shout out to? the Bible. <laughs> so there's like 66 books in there. So I'm, I'm going to throw it back at you and say, so you just discovered it? Is that what you're saying? Oh, 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 oh. No, no. But you know what? As I have allowed God to look into the darkness of my personal propensities, I have rediscovered it. Oh, right back at me. So there's that. Said. Um, and Is there as, a chapter you're reading right as now? As far as books, um, Yes, I'm reading Matthew and John. Oh, yeah. In conjunction. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as books, I'm not reading books right now, but I am reading a magazine, and uh, it's called Christian History. Huh. And it's phenomenal. Oh, that sounds cool. really interesting. It's really, really cool. Um, and uh, as far as music, yeah. my iPod uh, is broken. So oh, no. I have oh, no music is. that I'm listening to. Yeah. So That's terrible. It is terrible. terrible. It's very it's disappointing. Yeah. It is disappointing. So, so sad. Uh, yeah. So no, no we'll music. We'll start a GoFundMe for you. Yeah. We'll go for <laughs> I thought I would get one for Christmas. And GoFundMe, that's F-R-A-N-K. Music is important. It's not just music. It's a vehicle into the presence of God. It is. And my iPod is broken. There was an entire book written about it. With Psalms. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're so spiritual. Yeah. No, um, no, no, no. But no. I, uh, what, I like, I what book is that? <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know what I'd do without my music. I know. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Same yeah. way. You were listening to music when we came in. I have yeah. to have it going all the yeah. time. Yeah, no, totally. We're all the same in that way. Right, right. If I would leave with any yeah. words, it would be just that Jesus in the middle fixes everything. Fixes yeah. our attitudes. It fixes our relationships. Um, when we feel like we are entitled to not forgive, and then we look at the life of Christ, he beckons us to forgive every time. And um, Jesus in the middle. You just yeah. got to keep Jesus in the middle of everything, in the yeah. middle of your <clears throat> relationships, in the middle of your 
uh, sex life in the middle of of your marriage, in the middle yeah. of your ministry. Uh, it sounds weird to have Jesus in the middle of your ministry. But yeah, yeah. Something I I don't know how many countless meetings I've been that have to do with ministry where I don't think Jesus was even in the room or yeah. asked anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so Jesus in the middle. Oh, I can start with him. Yep. Well, yeah. well said, man. Let's let's wrap this thing yeah, up. Thank you. thank you so much, listeners, Your for Jesus, tuning in. I thank just you. Pre- oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, we should have oh, started okay, with kidding. that. <laughs> I was kidding. I was gonna. I was gonna say earlier. I was like, we're gonna have an altar call on Facebook <laughs> Live right now. With Raise every, your hands. Oh no! How are we gonna do that? Oh no! Reply one in the comments if you've given your life to Christ. Oh no! Oh, anyways, well, I love you, dude. You're one of my best friends. I love you. Aside, aside from being my pastor you know, totally. dear friend of mine so, so your wife was over our house with with uh my wife and your sister was there too what yeah. and no, just kidding. Carrie was, was there and a girl sleepover yeah and i was just you were to, there i well, I, just, I, lived, <laughs> I lived there so. <laughs> yeah no it was fun we had a good time we we're up till my wife was telling me yeah we had a sleepover and we we're up too late and then we talked about this and then dan said this and i'm like wait hold up yeah who said what yeah well, dan what? was there at the girl sleepover? I brought I brought her uh, chicken from Sheets. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I know how to sneak brought, into the girl sleepover. I brought your sister pineapple. One, I bought her two for three. She left one at my house. Like a full I, pineapple? Well, no. Right, can we end this? i Sheets. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need to end this so we can uh, go eat something. But um, yes. thank you guys for listening yeah, once you. again. Thank you. You can check this episode out on, well, if you're listening to it. <laughs> well, yeah. okay, for Facebook Live, you can check this out on our iTunes or Podbean or Google Play Music. Um, Wild Podcast. Yes, please yeah. give us a rating and comment on, on iTunes if you're loving it. And yeah. Follow this guy. Yeah. We'd love to see you at City Reach this Sunday. That's at the old Greensburg Civic Center. If you're in Greensburg, Pennsylvania area, please come. We'd love to see you there. Yeah, right ne- on 66 by Shop and Save yeah, at Greensburg 66. Salem High, High School. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. We love it. We, my wife and I have been there for a year, and, and it's been incredible for yes. us. So thank you guys. Signing off this time for the Dream Loud podcast. We hope you guys have a great week and that you live your dreams out loud. See you later. See you later.